We're going to be talking about relationships today. We're, we're kicking off today with, uh, with relationships. And Kim and I are going to be getting to do this together. And I'm really excited about it. So we're going to fumble over it because we've never really done this before, have we? It'll be awesome. It'll be really good. So the first thing I want to say to us about this whole thing of relationships that's really important is that you are made for a relationship. We were made, we were designed and created by God, and our God is a relationship God. So relationships are hugely critical to him and to every one of us, okay? This is, not, this is, this is really important that we get that we grow in our relationships, that we're created, that you are, listen, you are destined to be great in relationship. You, you know, I, I don't know, like, I have this mindset, and this is a lie that I have to deal with, is that you're not very good at relationships. Has anyone ever thought that? Like, you're not, no, no, you're made to be great in relationship. You're made to be great at, at relationally with other people, right? To be an awesome friend, to be an awesome lover of others, right? In, in, in so many ways, and and today we're not going to be talking about any kind of specific relationships. We're going to be talking about, I mean, you can apply this to your wife. You can apply this to your friends. You can apply this to workers. You can apply it to relationships right here in the body of Christ. People that we're doing life together with, right? This is huge. And so um, we're made for a relationship. The goal of relationship is connection, right? We want to be connected God has designed us to be vitally connected with each other. And the other thing I want to say about relationship is that you are your best in relationship. I am my best and that I vitally need relationships. You vitally need relationships to be the best person that you can possibly be, to be successful in this life. See, this is the thing. Relationships make you or break you. I deal with this all the time. I, I get around people and they're struggling and they're hurting and things are going on inside. And a lot of it has to do with because they're hanging around with certain people that are, that are tearing them down instead of building them up. And I mean, there are relationships that can be, can be painful, right? People that are, that are uh, um, just following the ways of, of the enemy and not the ways of God. And so it's important that we get ourselves around uh, people that will love us and help us to build us up so uh, relationships can make you or break you. Before we get started, I just wanted to address, address our heart postures while we're listening to this because a lot of times um, I just want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to um, put us in a place where we can listen um, in our defense, our walls that have been kind of put up a lot of times because we've been hurt in relationships or because relationships are hard or um, we've been beat down in relationships. I want to pray that our walls fall down because the secret to relationship is you. You are the secret to your relationships. You can't uh, influence or change anyone else. Believe me, I've tried. <laughs> and I'm sure you guys have tried in relationships to change other people. And we have no authority or power to change someone else, whether it's a friend or um, a loved one. So what I want us to do is just pray that our hearts, as we listen to this message, listen from a place of um, humility, of honesty, of 
evaluating ourselves Amen. in our relationships and what we bring to the table and taking ownership. So, Lord, we thank you for today. Um, I thank you that you have um, brought John and I up here, and I ask that our hearts um, on relationships um, may be influenced by your heart towards us, Lord Jesus. That's right. And I just bless this time, and, Lord, I ask that all of our walls... Um, that the Holy Spirit just allow all of our walls to fall and that we may listen with ears um, of your your heart of correction, but also your heart of love, Lord God. That's right. And we just bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so we are 100% responsible for our relationships, and I just want to uh, make a deal before with all of you before we start this, and that is that there will be no poking allowed. I'm going to be the the watchdog for poking. Um, a lot of times, even when John and I were talking about this message, I was tempted to be like, are you listening to what yeah. you're just saying right there? Um, and so I just ask all of us to focus on um, what we bring to the table in our relationships. And so I will keep my eyes out and um, no poking allowed. <laughs> right. So the problem with this message is like, it, this is like preaching to myself, right? I mean, that, I'm, the, I'm the one that uh, needs to hear this as much <laughs> as anybody. So what, it, there's a piece of paper that you should have, or if you don't have one, we have some extra ones right up here. And maybe, Parker, if you could pass them out if anyone needs one. Raise your hand if you've got a relationship inventory sheet, okay? I'm um, sorry for those who are watching on, online, but just if you want, just make yourself, it's a simple table. We're going to go over six things. They're relationship busters, all right? There's six relationship busters that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians. And we're going to go through theirs, those and take inventory of ourselves. And when you think about your relationships, how are you doing, right, with respect to each one of these six areas, right? These are things that Paul talks about that the Bible gives us that destroy, they tear down, they undermine our relationships, and they don't build them up, but they actually uh, work to tear them down. So we're going to take... We're going to go through this, and I would encourage you, as we go through these six points, all right, take notes. You can, there's a little notes section there, and score it from one to ten, all right? So one is the devil, ten is Jesus, all right? You're somewhere in between, so you can kind of figure that out, right? Everybody's good with that? Thumbs up. If you got, hopefully you got a, a pencil or a pen that you could use to fill that out, and we're going to take, uh, do inventory. The one thing I do want to say about this, all right, is that... We are all about uh, experiencing Holy Spirit here. I love experiencing everything. I want everything, the fullness of Holy Spirit, right? I love the manifestations of his presence in worship. I love the manifestations of his presence with healing and signs and wonders. And, and we've seen a lot of that. It's so awesome to experience that. But listen, all of that means nothing unless it's touching us from the inside and transforming us in relationships. Holy Spirit wants to transform us, right? Transform us to be, to be like him, which is love. He is, God is love. God is love. I mean, he is the essence of love. He, I mean, he, when you, we meet and encounter God, we're meeting and encountering love, right? And we're called to imitate him and to walk like him and to be like him and to represent Jesus. And so therefore, we're called to love as he loves. And to live in relationship as he lives in relationship. So if you want to turn with me to 
1 Corinthians. I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation, which is a little bit different, but I, I've, I love this. Chris, jo- Chris Jones turned me on to the Passion Translation, and I love the, it's, it's, it's just a, it's got some great language in it, and, and, and I really like it. So we're going to be going through this. I'm going to read it real quick, and then we're going to talk about some of these uh, relationship busters. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Do you hear that one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking, guys. I poked. I poked. No Keep poking. going. <laughs> Point taken. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight mm. in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. N- love never stops loving. I love that. Amen. Love never mm stops loving so there's six uh, relationship busters that you can see right there one is jealousy a lot of jealousy is kind of rooted in in comparison so when we start comparing um, each other oh, my pad just blinked on me um, control which is in uh, self-seeking the third one is judgment which is rooted in pride we start to exalt ourselves over other people and Paul you know I struggled actually to when we was when we were talking about this because I a lot of times don't like to focus on the negative. But if you go through this scripture, many times Paul is actually just saying, "Hey, love is not this. Love is not that." Right, and it helps us to understand so that when we walk in those things, we can know, "Hey, I, I need to stop doing this. I need to start doing that." Um, the fourth one is dishonesty, uh, denial. Uh, when we deny things. Um, uh, we, within our relationships, we l- we're phony, we lack authenticity and things like that. The fifth one is uh, forgiveness, which is rooted in bitterness, or excuse me, not forgiveness, unforgiveness, which is rooted in bitterness, and then devaluing others, which is uh, in, in um, dishonesty. See if I can figure out how to do it. There we go. Praise the Lord. So this first line I'm going to uh, dive into here is love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind uh, for all. I'm just going to kind of put a pause on that. I love that statement, and I'm not going to talk about, we could have a whole message on all of this stuff, but um, the big thing that I want to say about this in terms of our relationship is don't be Holy Spirit. Don't be Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has a way and a place and he works to convict and to draw and to do his thing. But a lot of times we try to position and try to be Holy Spirit to other, pers- other people. And I'm just going to tell you as a fact, it never, ever works. It never, ever works. Our place of love is always in patience and kindness. The way of love in, in relationships is to clothe ourselves with patience, gentleness, and kindness. Then Paul goes on to say, It refuses to be jealous. Love refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone. Love refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone. So the first relationship buster is jealousy, right? 
Jealousy is a, is a terrible thing. It's evil. Let's just, it, it, anytime where I'm longing what, some, what somebody else has, right? It's called envy in some place. Or I'm like, I'm like, man, I start to get mad at somebody because they're being successful or something like that. Think about this. How many churches, like, get into jealousy, right? We look at other churches and, like, have envy towards them instead of, you know what I mean? I mean, just, I mean, there's, there's relationships on so many levels, right? But individually, you know what I mean? If I'm jealous over somebody, right? And I'm comparing, it all's rooted in comparison. I'm just, I've seen so many people like, I, this can get into me because I look at another pastor and I go, well, why, why does, God, why do you do that in them and you don't do that with me? Or why do they get to have this and I don't get to have this, right? This is jealousy. This is comparison. Let me just tell you, it's evil and it robs us of love and it robs and destroys relationships. So we have to be very mindful of it. So, so let's, let's look at ourselves. Let's examine ourselves and take a moment here. And how are you doing? Is, there any, is, this, an, is, is this an issue in your life? Right? Let's just be honest. One of the things that I'm going to encourage you is that you need to um, identify, why am I jealous? It's a good question to ask if I'm struggling in this area. And I, this isn't a big area of struggle for me, but I have the other ones. The, the next couple are really, really big ones for me. So that's my confession. Um, but anyways, but, je- but jealousy, I mean, are we struggling in this area, right? Why am I jealous? What's at the root of it? Is it something, is it la- because when I look at myself, I think less of me, right? Do I think less of myself? So Paul goes on to say, love does not brag about one's achievements, nor inflates its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. So the second one that I see in this is, in some translations, in the ESV translation, it says that love does not insist in its own way. It's not self-seeking, insisting on your way of doing things, right? Your way is the only way, right? If you're not going to join me in my way, then, you know, take the highway kind of thing, that kind of approach. And a lot of us have experienced that in, with respect to our relationships. So this, this second relationship buster is called control. Right? We want to control. We want control. We want things our way. Right? Whether it's in our households. Right? Think about this with your children. Think about this with your spouses. Think about this at work. Think about this in church. Right? I want it this way. I want it this way. This is the right way to do things. This is not the right way to do things, right? And so we want to issue and bring control. And, and listen, I, I, I'm the first to say that I struggle with control. I do. I know that's shocking to a lot of you. You look at me, but I do. I struggle with control. I want to be in control. I want to, you know, like put my hands on the wheel. You know, I, I struggle in this with my relationship with God because a lot of times I want to dictate and I don't want to surrender and I want to, this is God, this is what we're doing right here. Come and join me instead of, God, what are you doing so that I can come and join you, right? So I struggle a little bit with this control thing. And I don't know, maybe this is something. But listen, control destroys relationships. When I try to control another person, right, the way of God and the way of love is freedom. A lot of times we want in our relationships to people to think just like we think. And I'm telling you, that's not God. We need to value other, other people's thoughts and other ways of thinking. I mean, that's what love does. And I have a, an opinion or I have a thought, but someone might think differently of that thing. And I need to learn to listen, right? 
and, get, and, provide fr- and give freedom to them. That's what builds relationship is when I give freedom to other people in those areas. Um, I want to take a look at control from a different perspective, maybe from my perspective in this, is that sometimes in relationships we tend to make lists in our head, like, oh, well, they've done this wrong and this wrong and this wrong, so I can throw that back in their face and I can control them by saying, well, do you remember when you did this, 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 and this? So, you know, you can't get frustrated with me when I did this, this, and this. So basically, I just would ask that right now um, that you just throw those lists away. And any time in your head that you start to make a list of offenses that someone has done to you, that you just just think, no, Lord, you are not a God that's trying to control someone else through um, making lists of offenses so that I can throw that back at someone else. So I would just encourage you in that way is just stop, stop the list making in your heads. Right. That's so good. So the way the, uh, actually to the Galatian, ch- Galatian church, um, Paul talks about um, Christian witchcraft, which is basically domination, intimidation, and manipulation. That's what we try to do. That's what control is, domination, intimidation, and manipulation. And anytime we start functioning in those realms, listen, when I make you feel guilty, right? There's one thing, that's the conviction and the power of the Holy Spirit, that's one thing. But if I'm trying to throw guilt and shame on you, right, that's control. That's control, right? And that's exactly what Paul says, is that we traffic in this shame and then this this disrespect, and that's not the ways of the kingdom, right? That's not the ways of the kingdom. So why are we trying to control? Why are we trying to control? We're trying to control, right, because of our pride and our self-seeking, but also a lot of times we're trying to control because we don't trust. and We really don't have faith that God can work and do what he wants to do. Amen. So how are you doing in this area of control? The, uh, Paul goes on and he says this, and the, this is the third relationship buster, is, is judgment. This is a tough one for me personally. Love is not easily irritated. Remember the prodding that Kim gave me. Or quick to take offense. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love is a safe place of shelter. I love this part. For it never stops believing the best in others. Amen. Love never stops believing the best in others, right? Okay. It never stops believing the best. This is, this is, so judgment robs us. It, judgment is what destroys relationships, right? When I judge. Listen, the, the, we, I would say we all struggle with this. How many times, uh, you, before you go, hey, I'm not a judgmental person, and I, I am a judge, I, I tend to judgment. I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you. When I get in the flesh, I am in, I get, I judge, judge, boom, boom, boom. That's the wrong, that, you know what I mean? I just get in that mode. I mean, I become very, very critical. All right, but, but listen, how many times has someone done something to you and you figured out why they did it? Kim does something, right? And I go, oh, she must not love me anymore. Or, you know what I mean? Or she, she's mad at me. Or, you know what I mean? I mean, we draw all these conclusions about motivations. And we make these judgments about why people do what they do. And we, listen, we don't know. And listen, in the church, we, we, we say, oh, this is discernment. Right? We masquerade this as, dis- oh, I discern. Why? No. I mean, you better have a word from the Lord. If you're not believing the best in others, 
You better, I mean, you better know that you know that you know that that's what the Holy Spirit's saying. But even if you do, you should be going to that person in love and not in like guilt and shame or judgment. Because judgment always exalts itself above the other person. Jesus, we always taught us to take the lower way, the lower path, and to come underneath and to help them through that. Right? Listen, if you're going to speak into someone's life as a brother or sister in Christ, then you better be willing to come alongside and help them walk through that. Amen. Do you hear what I'm saying? Or otherwise, you just keep that to yourself and you pray and intercede for that person. I did have something I wanted to share with about the, um, the judgment. judgment. Go ahead, please. I forgot. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to judge you right now. No, you were going to talk about... I we, Listen, I mean, the, the story you were going to talk about was when we were in South Carolina, just in churches can get real judgmental. That's just the thing. I mean, you like my kid acts out. Right. I mean, our kids, you know what I mean? And I mean, there was so many times we were in church. Go ahead. Remember when we were talking about yeah, that? Just so um, we didn't have any children and some of our friends did and they would just be doing certain things that I would be like, oh, my God gosh, that kid just laid on the ground and threw a fit. You know, like, what is that parent doing? And, and you know, um, I, I just feel like judgment is one of those things where I am almost a little in fear of judging now in my life after living such a long time because my kids have, you know, after that small little judgment, I mean, I could tell stories of all these horrific things that as a parent my kid either has done or you know looked like they were doing and people I'm sure were judging me but I think the point in all of it is um, that judge that you reap what you sow in far in in judgment and I can remember Anna I'm sorry if you're listening sweet girl but she was laying in the um, grocery store you know the dirty grocery store and she's laying, throwing a fit, and I decide I'm going to walk to the other side so I'm not paying attention to her. And I can remember this one woman, like, walking down the aisle and looking around, like, where is her mother, and why is this little girl on the floor by herself? And I, at that point, I just thought, oh, my gosh, I judged that lady at church, and here, my someone else is looking at me the same exact way. So I'm just, you know, saying to you guys, just... Please, you know, just watch what you even think about other people because it's going to come back to haunt you at some point. There is. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus taught us. He said, "If judge not, lest you be judged. In the same way that you judge someone, you will be judged. And, And Paul said it like you'll reap whatever you sow. Right? So if we judge, we have to be careful. And this judgment is a dangerous thing. It opens up the door for the enemy to come in and rob, to steal, kill, and destroy in our lives. And so we have to be really careful about how we judge and we, throw, and we cast these judgments, right? Judgment, again, is, is rooted in pride because we're exalting ourselves and we're not above other people rather than coming alongside and loving them through. You know, I, I struggled with this big time, and I'll just share a quick story, that our, our first two years of marriage, was every situation, Kim felt like I was judging her, and I was. I was. I mean, I literally was. Like, I mean, if she, if she wasn't getting up early in the morning to read her Bible, then I was like, well, you know, you know, I mean, I was judging her for that. 
You know, that was stupid. And if she didn't feel like going to church that day, I was like, why didn't you feel like going to church that day? You know what I mean? I would, I would have all these, and I formulated these judgments in, in my mind. And, and listen, you just can't let yourself go there. And that's where we have to learn how to take thoughts captive. When things like that start coming in our mind, say, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Kim's an awesome believer, right? She loves Jesus. You know, one of my biggest judgments was with her was I was having all these incredible emotional experiences in the Lord uh, from, you know, with, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And she was kind of like having different ones in different ways. And I was like, well, that must not be the Holy Spirit. And I was casting judgment on her. And it was terrible. And it didn't help her in her walk. It actually hindered her. And so um, we just have to throw off. We have to throw off and be aggressive whenever judgment starts to creep up. I just, just curse it, you know, take authority against it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Paul goes on, I love this line that he says, uh, let me just add one quick thing about this. And I just want to finish with this with respect to judgment. It says, he, he, I love this line, he says, believing the best of others. Amen. That's what we're called to do, is to believe the best. Believe the best. Not believe the worst. Not to believe in the negative, but to believe the best. Alright? That's that's what judge, uh, the opposite of judgment looks like, is believing the best in other, others. Then Paul says, love joyfully celebrates honesty. I love that. Love joyfully celebrates honesty. One of the, the fourth relationship buster is dishonesty, or, or it's, it's where we deny, we're, we're in denial about our relationships and where we're at in our relationship. We're den in denial about our, our problems and what we bring into the we're, we're just, we're phony, we're, 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 we, we, don't, we don't live in the truth. We don't live in truth, right? A lot of us hide, we're hiding from each other. We don't really, we're afraid to expose who we really are and, and to be real authentic. And, and listen, when we lack authenticity in relationship, then we don't have relationship. There's a disconnection that cr is created there. But when we can heartfelt share even in our, in our positive things and on our negative things with each other, when we can get real and honest with each other, now relationship begins. Now connection begins. Do you understand that? And how many times have we chosen, like, I'm not going to go there, or I'm going to hide who I am, I'm going to put on a mask, or I'm going to be phony in relationship, and, or I'm not going to live in truth. And a lot of this is in communication. What we, we lack communication. We're afraid to communicate honestly where we're at and, 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 and who we are. And I think it's important that we learn to do that. I, I would just say to you, I mean, if I, I've done some funerals, and almost in all those funerals, the whole theme, the, the thing that I could say about every person in that room is they wish they had a chance to say what they needed to say to that person before they die. So let's just say it. Amen. I don't care how awkward it is. I'm the most awkward communicator that I think walked this planet. I'm serious. Like every communication is like this, like it's awkward. I mean, it's never felt smooth. It's, I mean, when I'm trying to communicate to a person heartfelt what's really going on inside of me, it's just awkward. But who cares? The enemy is trying to make you like feel stupid. But you're not stupid. You're, you're sharing your heart is exactly what Jesus would want you to do. So we need to express ourselves. Express who we are. Express who that person is to us. How many times have you like taken a moment? How many of us kids like have sat down and really thought about 
the people around us that God has put in your life. And you said, what would my life be like if I did not have that person? And then you expressed to them exactly what you felt about them. How many times have we done that? We need to do that. We need to look someone square in the eyes and go, I love you. Right? I need to sh- and tell them specifics about this. We need to be authentic and real. You want to share? Um, well, the f- one thing that came up about authenticity is just something that happened when we were younger we, at another church. There was a young couple, and they said to John, and they said to another family that we knew us, how does John and Kim, like, they keep it together. They always look like they've got everything together, yeah, you know, and they see us at church, like, they just would see us coming into church, and we had our four little kids, and we'd all sit together, and, you know, on a good day, they probably saw us on a good day. They were like, how do they just keep it all together? And Philip McCurley is a friend of ours, and who really knew us. He was yeah. kind of our mentor, and he said, I think it was a swan. Was it a swan? Yeah. He said, have you ever seen a swan? They look really pretty on the top, and underneath they're just kicking like the dickens, <laughs> just like the rest of us. And I think that a lot of times when we come into situations just like here, people only see us for you know 30 minutes, and, and we all just look like we have it together. And to be genuine, um, we, John and I came to um, intercessory prayer this past week, and we were really struggling in um anytime you're gonna have to talk about something i think the enemy just really digs at that because he doesn't want you to communicate or speak or or be in front of people and and share his love but um we were just oh my gosh really struggling and we're in an intercessory prayer and we're praying you know for our country and you know all these major things that are so important and i felt like the lord said kim you need to um, be humble and tell them you need prayer for your marriage for your family and or just you know your marriage and your interactions and i was like lord we are praying about really important things right here you know it's it's not time right now for me to be like excuse me could you please pray for me mm-hmm. because you know my husband and i just aren't getting along it doesn't really matter about world peace you know so um I just didn't say anything, but you know, John and I both came in really heavy into the prayer time, and Jim is so awesome. He just knew that, and he pulled both of us. I was on one side of him, and um, John was on the other side of him, and he pulled us both to him, and it was beautiful, and he said, we're going to pray for you guys and for your relationship. And so even though I wasn't even humble enough to be authentic about where John and I were at the time, the Lord knows. He knows what you need, and he knows in relationships what God can do to restore you. Amen. And so if even if, it, but once he did say he wanted to pray for us, we were like, oh, yeah, thank you. Amen. And we broke down, and we were honest, like, we're just struggling. So just be honest, even with other people, to ask for help and say, look, you know, it's okay to struggle in your relationship no matter where you are, whether it's a friendship or, you know, a, a family member, and, and get prayer from people because that's the importance of, of being authentic is, is getting help. Right. So I just want to encourage that. Yeah, and I, I just want to close with this in terms of honesty. 
um, do you, you guys remember the, the situation with Jesus where Jesus where uh, uh, Jesus said, hey, I need to go to the cross. I'm about to die. The Son of Man's going to die and all this kind of stuff. And then Peter came on, told, pulled him aside and said, said, Jesus, this shouldn't happen to you. This can't happen. And what did Jesus say? He was authentic, wasn't he? And he said, get behind me, Satan. You don't know what you're saying. Right? So what's my point? My point is this, is that we need to be authentic with the good and the bad. Sometimes we need to approach people and say, hey, but we need to learn how to share that with, in a way that's not condemning or controlling. Like, hey, Kim, I mean, this is one of the things that has helped Kim and I in our marriage and our relationship has been where if I, if I feel something, I go, you know what, when you did this, it made me feel this way. I don't know if, if it was something that you did or maybe it's a problem with me as much as this is with her, but I felt this, right? And communicating that together and sharing that and going, hey, what is at the root of this? Maybe this is something going on inside of me as much as it is inside of her. But being able to, to, to confront and to talk in a way that's, that's full of love and of grace is also a part of this authenticity. It's not always the good stuff. Sometimes we need to get into the, the, the stuff that's confront of or conflictive, if you will. Amen. Paul goes on and says in the next uh, verse, and this is relationship number five, is unforgiveness. He says, love finds no delight in what is wrong. In some translations it says it keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't keep any record of wrongs. That's what love does. That's what we're called to. Which is, which is uh, you know, that, that's what unforgiveness is, is it's keeping records of wrongs. Right? Unforgiveness. Right? It's keeping records of wrongs. We're called to forgive. Right? That's, that's, what, that's the Jesus way. Right? We, we, we have no right to walk around and unforgive. But John, you don't know what this person to be. You have, we have no right to walk in unforgiveness. As followers of Jesus Christ, he taught us, he said, forgive. Forgive, forgive. We're called to forgive one another and to let it go, right? And to believe the best and, and to be restored uh, in our relationships. Now, this goes two ways, because not only do we need to forgive, but we also need to learn to ask for forgiveness. And I don't know how you're doing in this, but, but we need to learn to ask, will you forgive me? I did this. We need to learn to take ownership for the things that we've messed up, and we need to say, will you forgive me for how I handled this situation or how I made you feel in this, this, this uh, circumstance or situation? And we need to learn to humble ourselves and ask for forgiveness. So, so take inventory right now on how are you doing with respect to unforgiveness? Are you forgiving the people around you and the wrongs that, are, that have been done to you and in your relationship or when someone doesn't just do something just the way that you wanted them to? I think it's also okay to say, you know what, I do forgive you for what you did, but it might take me a little bit of time to, for the wall to come down. You know, and I think that that's okay and genuine for you to communicate with them because it might take a week for me to um, be loving again <laughs> towards John after what he did to me, but I, I will do my best to try, and every day I'll, I'll get better at it, but just so that you communicate to them. It's not that I didn't forgive you. It's just it might take me a while to, yeah, to act that forgiveness out. Amen. That's good. 
So we're on the last one here, and then we're going to uh, take communion together, and the worship team is going to come up. Paul, and I love this statement, says, Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. Love never takes failure as a defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. Love never stops loving. I don't know about you, but there's days that I walk through and let's, let's just be real, right? I stop loving. <laughs> but we're, we're called to never, ever stop loving. To never, ever stop loving the people around us and the people in front of us and the people on our left and the people on our right. We're called to turn our love on, right? To turn it on and, and, and to never turn it off again. Now let me just say a couple things about this. Um, so the, the, the last one, I, I forgot to mention this, is the last relationship uh, buster is devaluing others. So when we devalue, we devalue. Right? And we've talked a little bit about this. It's about valuing the people around you that God has put in your life, right? that are made in his image in these relationships. We need to, to value them and hold them dear to our hearts. That's what love does. Is it values people for who they are. But I, I want to say this about loving people, and, and this, is, this is really true. So other people's issues, other people's fears, other people's insecurities, listen, are not your problem. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we take this real personal. Like when someone like reacts to us or... So how many people... I want you to be honest. Raise your hand when you're in a car and you're driving down the street and let's say you accidentally cut in front of somebody and somebody like... Or, or you're not even doing anything and someone beeps the horn at you. You know what I mean? And they're like... And they yell out the window to you. How many people have had that happen to you? Raise your hand. All right, now put your hand up. Now how many people like... You just feel this rage just kind of like building up into, in you because of what just happened. You might not, let's say you haven't done any single thing, right? How many times? Raise your hand. Right. No pokey. No pokey. Exactly. That's my point. So why did that bother you so much? Why did their insecurities and their fears and their problems bother us? You see what I'm getting at? And sometimes that happens in our relationships is sometimes people act out or they, they get angry with us and there's other things going on. And there are issues, I'm not saying this, again, I'm not saying this in a judgmental way. I'm saying this in a freeing way that you don't have to bear other people's burdens. You don't have to, like, like their issues or the things that they're struggling with or the enemies hurt, you know, uh, you know, just some things that they're, whatever they're struggling with, you don't have to bear that. You can pray for them. But it doesn't have to impact who you are. And your identity, right? Amen? Amen. So we need to keep our love on, all right? And I think the, the last thing, and then I'm going to let Kim close this out here, is that there is, there is such a thing, and we, I really haven't touched on this, and I hope this, this comes out in our groups. I hope it comes out in our groups, is that there are, there are proper relationship boundaries, Right? There are times when I don't need, I sh maybe I should be a little bit like, I need to be careful in, in terms of things, right? We, we need to be wise 
as we go into relationships, and there are proper boundaries in that. So we're not always just an open book in every situation and every circumstance. And so we need to understand that, and there's some really good books out there. And, and I hope there's some really good discussion on this area of, of relationships and boundaries. But I, I just really want to emphasize, I hope everyone gets involved with the group. This is so important because the, the first place is to value relationship. We have to value each other. Right? I, value, I, I value getting to know you. And I hope you value getting to know everyone else in this church. And that, I mean, that's what Jesus called us to do. And that's the response of the early church was they did life together. They met in groups, house to house, right? And they loved each other and they did life together. And that's, what, that's, the, that's the, the calling that God has put in front of us. And that's where life works is when, when we're doing life together. Yeah. I'm going to backtrack just a minute um, and talk about turning your love on and just add something to that. Um, I was listening to something not too long ago, and they were talking about um, just the valuing of, of the person that you're with, whether you come in contact with a friend or, or a child or, or whatever, whoever it is, or spouse. But what they said was that the first four minutes that you're with someone, I just think it's a really good practical tool to take with us today. The first four minutes when you're with someone, um, to value them and to not um, not just kind of, I, I want to use the word puke, but don't just take everything that's going on inside you, good, bad, and ugly, and just um, communicate that to them. So when you're, let's say, John's at work all day, and he is busy, and he's interacting with everyone, and, and I'm, you know, doing stuff at home with the kids, and, and, you know, I don't know, the sink breaks down, and then, you know, we get a call about this bill, or then, you know, one of our kids calls, and they have a flat tire, and, you know, and then at work, he's got, you know, his boss just called, and he forgot to turn something in, I don't know, or there's a student that you know, just called and kind of downloaded some stuff, whatever it is, or we both are coming from two different worlds. And, and I think the important thing is, is to take the first four minutes that you're with that person and talk to them about them. How was your day? Um, you know, what's something good that happened to you today? And keep it very positive and lighthearted. Or let me tell you a story about the dog today. You know, I, I couldn't believe this, but, you know, something lighthearted. I, I don't know. Or one of the kids did something really cute. Look at this, you know, thing that they made and they brought home. But always keep it very focused on edifying that person for the first four minutes you're with them. And it could just be somebody at church. The first four minutes you're with, you know, say I want to see Liz Ector and I've got all this stuff in my head, like, you won't believe what happened, you know, this week, we, all these, you know, awful things, and I just need to vent to someone, and instead of doing that, I come to her, and the first thing that I do for the first four minutes is, how are you doing? You know, tell me how things went this week. How's your job? But I just want to encourage all of us to think through that, because yeah. we're bringing, we, we need to start bringing a heart of humility and love into every single one of our relationships, especially right at first. And then that carries the tone of the rest of the night or the rest of the conversation right. that you have with a friend. Um, it, it just brings a peace 
and a showing of love to that person from the beginning. So I just right. want to encourage us to just think about that. I don't, it doesn't have to be four minutes. I don't know why that person told, said four minutes, but it's just the idea of the four-minute yeah, interaction at the beginning. I think the point is, is that first interaction is important, and we set this tone for the rest of all of the interaction when we respond with love and with honor and value people. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. We're going to want the worship team come up, and we're going to have communion together. If, 